0: go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's s y l v a n 29.com. On Monday evening, our very own Brandley Galton stopped by the Good Guy Drinks Whiskey podcast to do a beginners whiskey tasting and, of course, talk birds. You can click the link in the podcast description below to check out the actual YouTube video, or you can head over to our Instagram at Bleeding Green Insta and watch the actual IG live that is right now, currently on Tuesday, June 7th, available in our story. So take a listen.
1: Hey, Brandon, how you doing?
2: Hey, how's it going, Tim?
1: It's going well. It's going well. Thank you uh, for taking the time to join me here tonight. I'm uh, really looking forward to uh, sharing some whiskey with you, and uh maybe talk a little football
2: <laughs> likewise it's uh it's overdue yeah, uh, You absolutely. had r j on here did stats come on here at one point too I feel like uh, so i
1: that. I did a whiskey tasting with r j and stats off uh Instagram live we did it behind the scenes um and then I had r j come back so what is this like yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I know. But uh, in his defense, I haven't invited him back on for Instagram Live, but his invitation will be coming. So he won't feel left out. uh, Should he want to join here? Nice. Yes. Um, So uh, first, before we we jump into, uh, you know, the whiskey and the the conversation, let's uh, first hear uh, a little bit about you and your background. Um, uh, You know, I I mentioned you're part of uh, SB Nation, Uh, SB Nation NFL and Bleeding Green Nation um so how did you get into that and what's your kind of your background with uh, football and and that kind of stuff
2: yeah just want to give a big shout out to uh BGN here at the start yes definitely uh yeah it's a good question so basically uh growing up um this is let's say let's put this back in uh like I graduated 2010 high school Okay. Didn't really know what I wanted to do. Went to the College of New Jersey for a semester, not even a full like a month. Basically, withdrew because I wasn't like really feeling it there. So I'm kind of just stuck and like not knowing what I want to do. At the same time, I had come across BGN, uh, Bleeding Green Nation, at the end of my high school tenure, and you know was just a member of the site. Didn't even really comment for like a full year. Kind of just laid in the weeds. I know a lot of people still do that with BGN. They kind of just like read yeah. the site but don't really hop into the comments finally dove in Was getting involved there getting more involved talking about the eagles on twitter and really it just culminated into me wanting to write for the site mm-hmm. and i kind of was it's, it was hard to get the right the main guy's attention because yes. you know there's a lot of people who want to write about the eagles as you can imagine so uh, i actually started by hopping on thanks to michael uh, levin at Liberty Ballers with the Sixers and was writing about them and kind of used that as a way to get my foot in the door at SB Nation and then move over to Bleeding Green Nation eventually and yeah. be a writer there. And I was just fortunate enough to kind of be on staff when the main guy, Jason Brewer at the time, stepped down and I was kind of the logical replacement there.
1: Yeah, no, that and that's awesome. And how long have you been with them? How long have you been doing the uh, podcasts for?
2: Yeah, so it's funny, like, we started BGN Radio back in October 2013, like, not even at the beginning of the season, like, and it's crazy, because there really weren't Eagles podcasts around back then, there was one called Eagles Fancast, they are kind of like, I recognize them as the OGs of Eagles podcasting, but they didn't even do theirs, like, I think they did there's a little bit in the season, but they wouldn't even okay. do, like, off-season stuff, so... Um, we were the first ones to really kind of do it as often as we did and now there's like a billion Eagles podcasts. Yeah. Um but yeah, since twenty thirteen.
1: No, then that's awesome. And uh you know, I'm I'm obviously a, a big Eagles fan. You know, I'll you you see my uh my DMs from the past of uh breaking down all these random <laughs> and one night you're probably like, Who is this random whiskey guy? Uh, he goes deep,
2: listeners, he goes deep into it.
1: I you know so my background is uh, I'm an actuary by my, my day job so you know I look at data all the time so I do what I call a coffee break uh, analysis I'll I'll put my insurance uh, data aside and I'll just pull up some uh, football reference stats and I'll be like huh you know does this actually make sense and I'll I'll crunch sh- some numbers with it and I'll just send you a quick message or a fairly extensive message we'll say in your file account. <laughs> I don't trust this guy. What is he doing here? Like, let's not, uh, let's not get into these numbers.
2: I like it, man. Like people, people say sometimes, like, oh, you must be tired of talking about this. Like, I mean, not really. Like I'm, if someone wants to talk to me about it, let's talk
1: about it. Like I, yeah. I do this because I like it, you know, like let's, let's, let's chop it up. Yeah, no, absolutely. And I mean, that's what everybody should aspire to in their career is to find a job that you're so passionate for that you're willing to just talk about it. And, and you know, at any time, whether you're on the job or not. So that's, that's really cool. Um, do absolutely. you see yourself? Do you see yourself doing this? Like, is this your like your ultimate goal? And you want to stay here? <laughs> Not to make this into an interview question, but like, what's what would you? What's your ideal job in the NFL?
2: No, that's a good question. Um, yeah, I mean, it's a it's a nice gig, so I wouldn't mind uh, holding on to it for a bit. You know, I think it's kind of the media world is interesting because it's not really about like doing one thing, like in a, per- I mean, like there's just so much going on, you know, like to, you, we mentioned RJ here, like obviously, you know, he thinks of himself as a blogger, as a podcaster, but you know, he's like getting into TikTok now. So like that's, yeah. you know, there's a whole new frontier with that and YouTube stuff and Twitch and everything. So, I think you know part of it's always expanding the horizons i know i would like to get more into radio but not like i don't want to be like angelo Cataldi. i don't want it to be like my main thing yeah. but i would like to kind of like be just do more radio stuff and kind of have that as a side thing not yeah. to compare myself to the great didn't ra- <laughs> by any means because i can't yeah. hold a candle to that guy but yeah. um like you know like he kind of did everything tv writing like i i'd kind of like to expand into some other things too in addition to what i'm doing
1: First, what is your whiskey experience? How, do you drink it a lot? Is this something you kind of go to? Like, what's your background in it?
2: I'm a novice here, Tim. Uh, I will say one time, a couple years ago, I think it was, um, Royal Crown emailed me. Uh, I think in part because we had done some, like, promos for them with Chris Long and Brian Westbrook. Yeah. Um, they reached out and were like, hey, would you know? Would you like a bottle? And I was like, sure. Yeah. Um, so they sent me one and uh you know it was really good uh and i mean i don't know a ton about it the only one thing i did learn um is someone taught me there's a difference between whiskey without the k and, or sorry without the e and one with the e so that's the and i mean I, like one of them is from Can, Can, i guess the one's canadian and one isn't i don't know
1: yeah yeah so it's just uh, spelling differences uh, differences the united states uh, whiskey is spelled with an e um, Ireland is spelled with an E, Scotland is spelled without the E, Jap- Japan is spelled without the E. So, it's, you know, it's just, uh, gotcha. it's just the, uh, you know, the origins of where they come from. And I think, uh, originally whiskey was spelled without the E, but in, in order for Irish whiskey to kind of differentiate s- itself from Scotch whiskey, they added the E to it. So that's kind of where that, uh, history comes from. Um, but, uh, so Pagano Royal is a Canadian whiskey, obviously tonight, uh, we have three styles of whiskey. We have uh, single malt Scotch whiskey, um, Irish pot still whiskey, and then a American bourbon. Um, so uh, just to let the, the audience know what we're trying tonight, um, and we, you know, I, these are high ABV drinks. So if you ever feel like you need to, to stop, let me know. <laughs> if you if you had a little too much to consume, but uh, I've got the Tomaten Dolce here, which is a uh, cool. single malt from Tomatin. Then we've got the Glengoyne Ten Year Old right here, nice. Uh, another single malt scotch whiskey. Then we're gonna go with the Irish pot still whiskey, which is a 12 year old, right here, red breast.
2: Okay, the red breast, gotcha. Um,
1: then we're gonna go to a peated scotch whiskey, which we'll get to what that means uh, shortly, uh, with the Lagavulin in 16. I don't know if you, uh, are you familiar with the TV show Parks and Recreation?
2: Of course, yeah. Uh,
1: so this was uh, Ron Swanson's drink of choice, was the loggable. Ooh. Um, and then we'll end with the bourbon, the Four Roses, um, single barrel bourbon. All right, so um, I don't know if you took my advice, uh, your your co-hosts uh, did not, when I suggested getting a Glencairn glass, which looks like this, or any tulip shape. All right, so you're already one step ahead of them. I don't Come think they're on. watching right now, but we'll definitely uh, <laughs> reach out to them afterwards and let them know that uh, you stepped up your game. So I, I appreciate the effort you're putting in. Um, <laughs> And the first one we'll start off with is the Tomatin um, Dulce. This is, <laughs> so this is bottled at 43% ABV, and that's relatively low for a scotch whiskey, um, especially as you kind of dig your feet in there a little bit more and start getting more into it. Uh, but this is basically a bare-bones scotch, this is, and this is why I wanted to choose it as the first one. It's aged in ex-bourbon barrels and virgin oak barrels. So what that means is they distill the, the, the spirit, and they fill some of that spirit in barrels that once held bourbon and they mm. fill some of it into barrels that never held any liquid before and then they kind of blend them together um and this uh gives you a very gentle approachable whiskey that hopefully you'll find okay but there is actually a right way to drinking whiskey um you know it's not something you just take a shot of and right. up your, your sinuses so what I usually suggest is uh, you, you pour a little bit on your palate. You kind of, uh, once it's in your mouth, and this, this is, some people get a little confused by this. I always exhale a little bit mm. to let some of those alcohol vapors get out of my mouth. And then you kind of, uh, you know, let it roll around your palate a little bit. And that kind of coats it. The first sip is always the harshest. It's always going to taste a little more sure. alcoholic. It's always going to be a little bit more stringent. Um, and then each subsequent sip will start tasting a little bit sweeter and you'll start getting some of those cast characteristics, be it vanillas or brown sugars and some of that gentle, uh, you know, oak influence that you'll get from this one. So with the tomato Dolce, the first thing we'll do is we'll pour that one. And when you're gonna nose it, you don't, it's not a wine, so you don't like stick your nose in there and, and breathe in deep. Cause then your, you know, your nose hairs are just singed <laughs> from <trumpets laughs> high ABV. You kind of uh, hold a little bit further away from your, from your nose. I usually breathe them through my nose and my mouth at the same time. And that cuts down on the alcohol smell too. And you can kind of get some of those, uh, those cast characteristics. Like I mentioned, what do you smell? What, what do you...
2: Smell like, a, like, a, again, total novice here. So yeah, no, 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 like there's it, no
1: wrong, answer. There's like no wrong a, answer. Almost
2: like a caramel kind of like, or that, like,
1: that is a very common characteristic for, yeah. for whiskey. So that's no, that's exactly what you'd be smelling. Um, and so again, like I said, you, you Small, small sips, uh, kind of let it roll around your palate, get some of those alcohol vapors out of your mouth. And then when you swallow it, you should actually taste the actual whiskey and not so much the alcohol burn.
2: Actually, the more that sits with me, I kind of like it.
1: Yeah, exactly. And that's, that, that's the thing about whiskey is the more it sits with you. And once your palate acclimates to that high ABV, that's when you really start to click with it. And then each subsequent dram that we have tonight will just taste that much better.
2: What, so what made you pick these, I guess? Let me, let me turn it around on you and why, yeah. why did th- these ones?
1: So the reason I picked these five samples was because uh, I was looking for low ABD whiskey. So even though this is strong for you, these are actually lower between 40 and 43%, except for the bourbon, which is at 50%, but we'll get there last. Um, and then I wanted to illustrate different cask influences. So this one that we're having here has that ex bourbon virgin oak cask influence, pretty straightforward, get some caramel, some uh, some vanillas and maybe like a couple of like some apples or tropical fruits. Then the Glen 10, which would be the next one we'll have, yes. it's uh, influenced on, in sherry casks. So those are casks that once held sherry wine. Mm. Um, and uh, what the sherry wine kind of does is give you some of those dark fruit flavors, some raisins and prunes and some dark chocolate. So uh, it's just kind of a comparing the how casks influence the flavor of whiskey. Um, and they're all, they're all relatively young for the most part. I mean, the adult taste is probably around six to eight years old. It's, uh, there's no age on the bottle, but that's typically how old it is. Then mm-hmm. the one 10 is 10 years old, and the red breast is 12. So, um, you know, that's kind of, where, uh, kind of what I was going for. And then the red breast, it's an Irish whiskey. Uh, so I, I figured we could talk a little bit about the difference between a single pot still Irish whiskey and a single malt uh, Scotch whiskey. And then Lagavulin, that's where you get that smoky peat one that ron swanson had and then bourbon is uh like a bold sweet cherries vanillas brown sugars so that's a completely different uh whiskey profile so it's kind of to illustrate the the diverse gamut of flavors that whiskey has to offer and and this is just a you know uh, a drop in the bucket compared to what other options are out there all right so let's jump into the next one then that'll be the glengoyne 10 year old Cool. Um, so again this is another single malt scotch whiskey and um you might be wondering what is a single malt? Do you, do you know the difference between a blend and a malt single malt and whatnot? I do not. All right, so a blended malt scotch whiskey are whiskies that are blended together from different distilleries in Scotland. Mm. Um, if a whiskey is made entirely of malted barley and comes from a single distillery um, and a few other parameters that you that are less interesting, then it's called a single malt scotch whiskey. So, the Glen Ten, as well as the Tamat, and both came from the distilleries that are on the bottle.
2: Gotcha. And, again, this one
1: is influenced in sherry casks. So uh, let me know if you can tell any difference between it.
2: Ooh, yeah, definitely the taste. Not so much the smell, definitely the taste. The taste is a little more, like, smoother to me. Mm -hmm. Um, Yeah, it's, like, a little more pleasant up front to me.
1: All right, yeah. Yeah, this one... uh, Yeah, it does seem a little more tame. That's probably from the sherry influence. Um, I get definitely some more of those, you know, like kind of raisiny, maybe a little dark chocolate Mm. into it. Um, So it's a little bit more complex, I would say.
2: Let's give it another sip here. Yeah, on that exhale, like you were saying, um, just the the flavor in my mouth instantly was like almost like a chocolate kind of like it was like a a darker kind of that kind of like dark sweet flavor.
1: Yeah, exactly, and that's that's why I always recommend people, especially new into whiskey, exhale a little bit because w- when you don't taste that strong alcohol flavor, you can really start tasting those cast characteristics, and it does make a big difference.
2: I like this better, definitely. This is this is more popular. This is more favorable to me. I'm going than the uh, Tom. But
1: I do have a couple of questions that were sent in, sure, that, that people want to answer uh, from a uh, Mr. R.J. Ochoa.
2: <laughs> what a fraud! <laughs> <laughs>
1: He would like to know, what was your favorite part about having your profile picture be uh, blogging the boys last year? What was your favorite part about that?
2: Yeah, I mean, my favorite part is that it's probably the highlight of the Cowboys season for (laughs) RJ and their fans not actually winning anything meaningful, but me changing my avatar. Um, I don't regret it. Like, uh, I, you know, the Eagles got off to a decent start last year. Obviously, they beat the Falcons and then the 49ers game was kind of close yeah. I I at the time it seemed reasonable to me that they could go down to Dallas and it would be like a game. It would be competitive mm-hmm. at least and I was wrong, I was wrong I was very yeah. wrong about that. Yeah. Um but like going the information going in I had going into the game, um I thought it was going to be a game, so I don't regret it.
1: And uh Stats on Fire also has a question for you. He wants to know what it's like getting to host a show with <sighs> Stats on Fire.
2: Well, I kind of want to bring I need to he's not watching this probably, but no, I need I don't to bring different. this up. <laughs> but I want to bring this up to him because he called me out. Uh, so RJ, I,
1: today's podcast, did you hear about this? Yeah, I, I did. He called you out on Twitter.
2: Yeah. I, I like, what is this? He's calling me out. Uh, well, on the podcast, the look ahead, last NFL show, if people want to check that out for not just Eagles coverage, but league wide coverage. Um, he was calling me out for like live tweeting from OTAs. My thing with that is like, I get how it can be annoying and it can get taken out of context, but like, here's how I view it, Tim. Like, people I so if I knew if I wasn't there at practice I would die to be there at practice like that I know I'd rather be and I know a lot of Eagles fans probably feel the same way like if if they could be there they'd want to so my job in my eyes is to make the people feel like they're there so and if and if you can't if you don't have the ability to be like a Jalen Hurts bad throw is is not like the end of the season well then like that's on you that's on me yeah
1: no, no. And no, I, I, as as an Eagles fan, I actually do like the play-by-plays. I mean, yes, it it is uh, relatively meaningless in the in the grand scheme of things. Sure. When you are, we uh, are in the boring part of the season, and you're just right. You, what else is to... going on?
2: There's exactly.
1: You just want information. And I, I, when I know, uh, you know, B, uh, Bleeding Green Nation uh, is covering a. Uh, an OTA or whatever I always look up you look it up at the end of the day and see what the updates were how did Jalen Hurts do how did the other players do did anybody stand out uh I find that stuff interesting you know and you know it's just a small piece of the puzzle but it's still something that you know makes the off season a little more interesting so uh I will uh you know I'll his stats uh take on that I, I will <laughs> agree with 100 percent.
2: well and why like what the heck like we you know we usually do our Tuesday show uh, the oddcast on the SB Nation NFL show. We haven't been doing it. So we kind of scaled back across the board, and that's honestly fine. Yeah, um, we haven't taken a break since we started that show at like fall 2020. So it's nice yeah. to actually get like a little bit of a break. I missed one episode out of the whole year last year. So every single week. Uh, so it's nice to finally get a little bit of a break with that. Um, and I'll still be on the look ahead at points. So, but yeah, but it's, it's funny. It's like you know you think you – This guy has your back, and then he stabs you in the back. You can't trust a guy who's not going to get the Glenn Karen class. You just can't do that.
1: That's the big question. Are you – you know, if you had to say one way or the other, is he the long-term answer or no?
2: I would say it's more likely that he isn't. Uh, I have not ruled out hope for him. I think my opinion on Jalen Hurts kind of gets mischaracterized in that, like, because I don't think he is the answer, and I'm not, like, all bored that I'm a hater. I'm really not. like. I like him. I think he's a yeah. likable dude. He has all the intangibles. I like his mobility because that's great in a pinch. You need you need him to pick up four yards on third or on fourth and three or third and three. He can get it for you. Um, but like, doesn't really use the middle of the field. He has the slowest release in the NFL in each of yeah. the past two seasons. Like he has to process faster, and maybe he will this year as he gets you know older and more advanced. Again, I'm not like ruling out the hope for him. Yeah, but. Like, he has to make significant strides. And I just think, like, even if he does, you're still, like, behind the eight ball in terms of, like, when you compare to Justin Herbert and Mahomes and Josh Allen. Like, those guys are just freak talents. And I don't think Jalen Hurts has that. And so, I think Jalen Hurts can be, like, a top 12-ish, 15-ish starter. But, like, that's not where you want to be. Like, that's in theory, like, that sounds nice because, okay, he's not bad. But, like, you need to be aiming higher because you're paying top of the market money for like a middling guy, like, I just don't mm-hmm. think those are going to do that. And I don't, I don't want to do that.
1: No, no. And it's a lot easier to, once you have that great guy in place to win, than have an okay guy in place and just have the right piece. All the other variables add up, which is much harder because you have more variables. Uh, but yeah, I mean, just from an outsider's point of view, uh, you know, he is one of, he's one of my favorite people on the team, but uh, you know, from year one to year two, I didn't, see, you know, when he was relied on to pass, I didn't see a huge, <laughs> Uh, upgrade from his first year to his second year and throwing the football. And that's obviously an issue with a quarterback. And is that something that can really be improved from that next year? This year? I mean, so there will be improvements, but you, like you said, is it going to be propel him up to like a top six or seven quarterback in the NFL? I don't know if that's true.
2: Yeah. I mean, the offense got better last year when they took the ball out of his hands. That's like the reality of it. Yeah. like I mean, that's yeah. like, <laughs> at a very basic level that's what happened they were passing the ball a ton early in the season didn't work out now of course like didn't have the best receivers in terms of you Devontae Smith and not much else I like Quez Watkins but you know Rager is a, a negative out there yeah. so now you have A.J. Brown you have Devontae Smith year two the house um, you throw Zach Paschal, whatever, Quest Watkins, year three in the mix. Like, yeah. There's enough for Hertz to work with now where he should take a significant step forward.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, without a doubt. And, uh, but like you said, if he can't see the field and process quickly enough, it's, you know, it doesn't really matter. If, right. if A.J. Brown gets open, but he throws the ball second too late, then it doesn't make a difference. Um, so, you know, we'll see, hopefully, hopefully he can make that jump, but you know, we, they got Carson strong in the wings. He in the wings you know? <laughs> yeah. If his bi- uh, bionic knee can hold up, you know, maybe, uh, I saw that link that you posted. That, <laughs> yeah. That's that somebody said he could have uh, franchise potential. So we'll see. Well,
2: it's, it's funny. Like the guy who said that isn't just like, uh, you know, someone throwing stuff against the wall to see if it stakes Like that's Matt Waldman. And yeah. I don't know if you're familiar, but Matt Waldman's like a big tape grinder guy. It doesn't mean he's right about everything, but he watches like maybe more film or at least one of those guys who watches like more film than almost anyone else. So so that he said that is like a little interesting. And again, his his belief is based on like the health of Carson Strong's knee being good and he doesn't know anything about that. So that could be a moot point. But just based on if he is healthy, just based on the film that he saw, you know, he was intrigued. So, you know, uh, you know, probably won't be anything, but it's nice to have like that scratch off uh, in your back pocket.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. You know, the, the part of the, what makes football fun is that, the, you know, the hope of that unknown prospect that will excel. And, uh, you know, the, the crazy knee issue that he has is unprecedented. I mean, uh, yeah. he had that weird, I don't know if it was like a genetic disorder or something with his knee that got repaired. And there's really been no long-term studies done on how that can hold up under football, you know. So, you know, you never know what will happen. So it was definitely worth the gamble by the Eagles.
2: For sure.
0: Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning.
1: All right, so let's jump into dram number 3. So you're finished with your Glengoyne. You're ready for the Redbreast 12.
2: Let's go for it.
1: All right, so Redbreast 12, this is an Irish uh single pot still whiskey. Um and so a single pot still whiskey is a similar to a single malt, but they use both malted and unmalted barley in the distillation process. And that uh that you know, let me let me know if you can smell or taste any differences between this one. And this guy. Yeah.
2: Already, instantly, yeah. just a different smell, like you said, like that kind of that barley, like like a, yeah, like a a wheat or a, some yeah, some kind of like that yeah. kind of
1: yeah, a little more grassy, a little fresher smell. Yeah, um, this one's also aged in a combination of bourbon, ex bourbon, and ex sherry cast. so you get uh two of those uh, flavor profiles mixed together. And this is bottled at forty percent, so it's the it's a, this the uh, lowest ABV of the night.
2: Okay, I don't know how valuable of a comparison this is. <laughs> but the thing that strikes me is like it reminds me of like an IPA. Like it's like okay. it's like like that the intensity of that like like hoppiness, like that kind of that kind of or like whatever you said like a barley like expect, like whatever that intently like that kind of mm-hmm. realm. Um, yeah, I don't like that one as much in the middle. Like like the middle it didn't sit. I'm I'm like that. Uh. Mm-hmm. That flavor as much
1: so you, do, you don 't like the the Irish pot still profile as much as the liquid going going
2: yes, yeah, yeah uh, I think that 's yeah. the difference
1: yeah uh, o m g Becky with the good hair, <laughs> she wants to know uh, uh who do you hate more, Tom Brady or the cowboys
2: wow, um I mean it's the cowboys, like <laughs> for as much as I hate Tom Brady. I'll always talk about how I saw him in person practice against the Eagles in 2013 in a joint training camp practice. Yeah. And, you know, going into that practice, like that week, I didn't like think twice about it. I'm like, okay, whatever. It's Tom Brady. It's good. Like I didn't really, but then I saw him be really good in practice. Yeah. And it's just like, it was on another level that I could never have anticipated how precise he was with every single pass Mm -hmm. in practice. He was just like dominating out there. He would have, you know, like these no-name receivers going against Eagles starting quarterbacks, and not that the Eagles quarterbacks were like great at that time. You're talking about Kerry Williams and Bradley Fletcher, but still, like the receivers that he was working with were like nobodies. They weren't yeah. even like players making the Patriots roster, and it didn't matter. Like he was just so precise. It was crazy. I I I'm not a Tom Brady fan by any means, but I can at least acknowledge like he is like I've never seen that before. It's like a, it's like aliens, different different realm. So like. I hate him. Obviously, he sucks in terms of like likability and a lot of stuff. But uh, but he is talented. I, I can at least give yeah. him that. Whereas the Cowboys are just total frauds who to, uh, you know choke every year.
1: Yeah, no, without a doubt. Uh, and uh, you know, kind of you know, Tom Brady has kind of been restoring his image a little bit since he's moved away from the Patriots. He's been a lot more uh, open on social media and kind of you know. Uh, the humorous side of Tom Brady. I'm, I'm actually a Tom Brady fan, one of the few out there uh. who, are not, who are non-Patriots, Bucks fans. But uh, but just because I appreciate greatness, you know, like we we all love like Michael Phelps, Usain Bolt, uh, you know, Michael Jordan, all these great athletes. So I always take the stance of, well, we have Tom Brady in real time. We can appreciate his greatness and all of his preparation and every little thing that he puts into his game. And for me, that's very admirable. That's why that's why I like Tom Brady. Just. You know he is football. Like he, every little detail is so perfect and thought out for him, and that's just such a cool thing for me.
2: I like the thing I like the most about Tom Brady is obviously the Eagles beating him in Super Bowl Fifty Two with Brandon Graham of all people, a fellow Michigan uh, alumnus, strip sacking him. So uh, that is that is usually my best moment in football ever. Like it's it's funny. Like it wasn't even the end of the game, you know, officially. Like obviously the Hail Mary, but like that was not that was not it for me. Like that the moment Tom Brady. Is strip sacked by Brandon Graham. Like that was the Eagles won the Super Bowl in that moment, yeah. and I'll I'll never forget that. Were you
1: at the stadium, covering it? I was at U.S.
2: Bank Stadium, watching in person from the stands, looking down at the end zone. So the far end zone was the one like where the Philly special took place. So yeah. uh, the Zacherts touchdown at the end of the game was the one. I think the Alshon Jeffrey touchdown too. Those happened like in my end zone, the one that was closer to me.
1: Yeah, that that's awesome. That's incredible that you get to experience the the energy and everything uh, in real in in person. That's that's so cool.
2: The picture, I believe, by the way, is on my Instagram here. So if you look at my profile, uh, there's a that's- picture of my view, basically from where I was. So yeah, you can oh. scroll back.
1: All right, you're ready to jump into the the fourth whiskey. Yes. All right. Uh, so this one is going to be completely different from everything we've had tonight. Uh, and this one is like I said, Ron Swanson's whiskey of choice. <laughs> um, so yeah, when you know it, you'll immediately be able to tell why this is different
2: looking forward to this one. Um, also so, intimidated. Ron Swanson, very intimidating.
1: Yes. Uh, so <laughs> are you familiar with what peated whiskey is?
2: No, but so, yeah, I can, I can tell the smell is definitely different.
1: Yes. Yeah, so, so it's smoky, it's earthy, you mm, know? Um, yes. And, uh, so what peat, peat moss is, uh, what, what makes the smell and the the taste. And basically, uh, when, uh, you're making whiskey, you dry the barley out and you can either dry it with, you know, air, with heat, with whatever. When barley is dried by peat moss, which is basically decomposed earth that they dig up and throw into the uh, furnace, uh, it creates this, uh, aroma of the, and the taste of this smoky, the, um, earthiness it could be some people have some iodine in there some uh, medicinal characteristics so uh, for logabolan you can definitely get some of that like bonfire smoking into it
2: yeah i like uh, that it's it's really nice actually it's very
1: appealing yeah some people love it some people hate it but i'm i'm a big fan of Pete.
2: so what do you, what do you ooh, think ooh of- i like that a lot all right, that's so good all
1: right this this one does does convert a lot of people into whiskey drinking. Uh, the Lagavulin sixteen. Uh, unfortunately, this bottle in particular is getting more and more expensive as the days go on.
2: <laughs> I can see um, why.
1: Yeah. So when I first got in the whiskey, I could get this for around sixty-five-ish to seventy dollars. Now it's you know hovering around ninety to a hundred dollars. So it becomes a little, a little more challenging to get these days.
2: That's a but, weird. Yeah.
1: Yeah. All right. So this is your favorite of the night.
2: I yeah. This know. is the favorite, at least so no. far. Yeah.
1: No, 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 that's great. I mean, this is my favorite of tonight's lineup, too. Uh, <laughs> it just, uh, it's just, it's the oldest one we have, 16 years old, so there's a little bit more uh, depth to it in that sense. Um, again, you're using, this is mostly uh, ex bourbon cask, so it's that standard, traditional, non, no-frills cast type, and then that just that peat smoke integrates with it so well. Uh, I, I do have another uh, question that was uh, sent in earlier. Uh, would you, uh, and this is by HQB, Uh, Yes, I mean, you know, know who this is. Uh, I don't understand understand the context of the question, but would you ever (laughs) consider swimming in a pool without
2: goggles? (laughs) I would not swim in the pool without goggles, especially ones with like the nose piece. Because here's the deal. I'm (laughs) not really good at having like water up my nose. I just can't do it. You know, it's one of those things. I just I'm not good at it um i don't know if i'm ever gonna get used to it it's just i i get like really anxious you don't want to be anxious in a pool you know no. so <laughs> yeah it's not the place for that so uh yeah it's just like a, a comfort thing do i look ridiculous absolutely but <laughs> but look you know i'm gonna be underwater anyway i'm not gonna like be hanging out up top with that on all the time if i'm hanging out up top i would just take it off but if i'm swimming underwater and everything i gotta have not just the eyes but i need the nose piece as well i don't need to snorkel i'm not that ridiculous but i gotta have the nose thing
1: yeah, no, no, I think those are all like, all very fair points, you know. <laughs> if you're you're prone to having water shot up your nose or if you want to open your eyes up underwater, why not Oh yeah, I
2: can't do that. No.
1: So I do have a, a couple of uh, you know, let's see how well you know the Eagles. Just a couple of questions. Um, and these are not something that you would know beforehand other than just making kind of random guesses because I I used a little data here. Um so I looked at Uh, pro football references, approximate value, I just use that as like a a hold-all number that can kind of uh, indicate whether something is, uh,
0: uh, you know, whether a
1: player is, you know, good or above average or below average. Um, And so what I did is I I took the approximate value of all the Eagles draft picks since 2016. So when Howie Howie took over from Chip Kelly. Nice. And uh, I weighted it based on relative to the, the, the uh, position in the draft they were drafted, so the first, second, third, fourth round uh, to seventh round, and relative to the position that they play. So oh, man. <laughs> what was the, what's, what's the average, for example, what's the average approximate value for a quarterback? What's this quarterback's approximate value and what's that relativity? And then what round were they drafted in versus what the average approximate value is for that round? So it gets a little complicated, a little, a little uh, you know, uh, abstract here. But my question is to you: Can can you guess which player on the Eagles, since the drafted by the Eagles since 2016, the best player relative to the position they play?
2: You really are an actuary. Uh, I, yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, you can tell. My, this is this is my data side coming out.
2: Um, so I'm looking for the best player relative to the position they play. Yeah, this is on the Eagles. All on the Eagles. Yeah, we're okay. just looking
1: at the Eagles questions here. So. Uh, of Howie Roseman's, uh, let me see yeah. how many players he drafted.
2: Looks Probably like, like.
1: 45 players. In okay. Last. Okay. Well,
2: I have a shot. Right. Um, man, that's tough. I, my, my mind, like if I'm just going gut answer, my mind wants to go to Carson Wentz. But I feel like that would be too obvious. But my guess will be Carson Wentz to start.
1: No, Carson Wentz. Okay. Uh, he would have been, uh, let's see what his number is here. He is ranked ninth relative. Mm.
2: Oh, wow. Okay. Relative to position. Hmm. So maybe it's an offensive lineman, but I was trying to think who would that be since 2016. The oh, just
1: think, think about some of the best players. Like, who, in best the last like, several years, were some of the best players that the Eagles have drafted.
2: Would it be a Dallas Goddard?
1: That is correct. Oh. He is the best player. And a grand, take it with a grain of salt. Because, you know, obviously this is just using approximate value from pro football It's No, not definitive. So, you know, these are these are just for fun more than anything. Um, all right. And this one's going to be a little tricky because I know who you're going to answer for this one. Okay. But it's actually not the person that's going to immediately come to mind. Who is the best player the Eagles drafted relative to the round they were drafted in? And it's probably not the first person who's going to come to mind.
2: So you're going to say it's not Jordan Mailata. That is correct. He's yeah. number two. He's uh-huh. number two. Okay. So re- best relative to – and this is since 2016 still? Since
1: 2016.
2: Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. Well, so I have another obvious answer, and I which is going to probably be my guess. So I'm going to file that away for a second and try to stall and think if I can think of anything else. I don't think I can. Is it Josh Swett?
1: Uh It is not, but I think mm. he's not on this list. He uh,
2: should be Just round four and defensive yeah. end. Yeah. Yeah, no, he's
1: um, he's a, definitely above average for it, but uh, it's another player that he's no longer on the team, so he ooh. might. Just look your memory. But think of a player who got drafted much later than people had thought he might have gotten. Drafted.
2: Oh, Jalen Mills.
1: That's correct, Jalen Mills. He's he's the answer, and it, it, between him and uh, Jordan Mailata, it's between like a point zero five or something. So really, they can be inter uh, interchangeable on that top of that list. Um, all right, so my last my last question is. One player is uh, both the, the worst at relative to position and relative to the round they were picked in. Which one player is that? And it's not Jalen Rager. <laughs> well, that's who I was going to guess. Since
2: 2016, the worst. Um, It'll be obvious
1: once you, you know. Once you think about who are some of the real duds.
2: And relative is it J.J. white Whiteside? It is J.J. white okay. yeah.
1: Whiteside. He is uh, by far the worst relative to the position and round. Although now that he's tight end, <laughs> maybe that uh, changes the algorithm a little bit.
2: <laughs> I don't think so. I saw so you know I saw him at OTAs the other day, and uh, he does look a little bulked up, especially like in his legs and stuff. But you know, he's still significantly smaller than the yeah. actual tight end. So I'll believe it when I see it. I said that a lot tonight, but that is yeah. how I roll.
1: The final sample of tonight, which is the, uh, the bourbon Four Roses. So, obviously, this is, again, completely different from everything that we've had tonight. I'm um, intrigued
2: by this one, because you mentioned, like, fruit, like, fruity kind of.
1: Yeah, so this one's super bold. It's uh, okay. much, so bourbons are much sweeter than scotches. Um, so you'll get some, uh, like, brown sugars, vanillas, uh, caramels.
2: That's um, up my alley. I'm biased towards that kind of thing. Yeah, you maybe get a
1: little fennel, a little uh, cherry. Okay. Um and it's the highest ABV that we're having tonight. This is 50% ABV. So it's going to be a little bit spicier on the palate. Okay. Um, and you'll be able to tell right from the nose. It's very different from what we've had. Ooh, wait. If you get any smoke in there, it's probably just the lingering peat from the block mm. of oven. But, uh, you know, th- this should be able to wash most of that out.
2: I almost feel like the smell is not as strong to me. Like, like I can go in closer and I'm not getting burned.
1: Yeah. Uh, bourbon, of course, is made in the United States um it has to be made with uh 51 corn uh, so the corn is much sweeter than barley and then there could be some malted barley and rye in part part of the mash bill, and then if they're all have to be aged in virgin oak cast so uh, where a scotch whiskey can be filled three four or five times bourbons have to use fresh wood in order to age it so uh, that's where you get a lot of that richness it's much more oaky Um, And then the corn just makes it much sweeter. It's a little more one-dimensional than a Scotch whiskey, but it's sweet and rich. And it's a very nice dessert dram, which is why we're having it last.
2: Yes. I like this probably second most. Um, Mm -hmm. It's really, for me, it's a journey of flavors and, like, feels like I can't – like, the the beginning, what hits me at the beginning, evolves into this secondary phase. And then Mm -hmm. it finishes, like, it's – I'm like, I don't almost know what I'm experiencing. I mean, mean, there's, like, different levels of this that it's hitting.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's the the nice thing about a bourbon is that uh, especially, you know, if you're going to ever do a lineup of multiple styles of whiskey, always save the bourbon for the end because it is much bolder and richer. You you don't have to search as hard for the different flavors that you're getting. yeah. This this finish is
2: really strong for me. Like you said, the higher ABV, I can definitely, like, I'm definitely getting that.
1: Yeah, yeah, without a doubt. And that might actually be part of the reason why you're liking it more. Uh, As you experience more whiskeys, you'll notice that higher ABV whiskeys tend to offer more complexity, some more experiences and flavors that these light ones that we had at the beginning don't really offer, which is, you know, as a beginner, I wanted to offer you some light things that didn't burn your palate. But uh, now that I can see what kind of styles you're liking in the future, I can set up a lineup that you might actually like the flavors profiles a little bit better. For sure what is all right so if you're at a restaurant what is the best appetizer to order
2: what kind of restaurant like
1: any any restaurant i know obviously it depends any, yeah, yeah yeah okay any appetizer but, yeah
2: you know i think it's hard to go wrong with like a really good chips and salsa and guac too oh yeah
1: yeah absolutely what is the most unusual thing you've ever eaten
2: Ooh, that's a good one um so like I'm no Andrew Zimmerman, Zimmerman, Zimmer something like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh you know, the bizarre foods guy. Um like I couldn't watch that show. I love food shows, but I could not watch that show cuz sometimes that was like a bit too much for me. And I oh, like yeah. to eat when I'm watching a food show and I'm like this this is this isn't working. Like, I can't You're like, like snack on yeah, cheeses right now as I'm watching him eat like some kind of weird fish that is actually like poisonous until it's cooked in a certain way. Like I can't, I can't do that. <laughs> um so one of the weirder things I've had—it's probably pretty tame it was like an alligator sausage when I was down in New Orleans. But that's right. like that's pretty it's different for me. I'm sure that's not a crazy answer, but that's that's something that pops to mind.
1: What is uh, what is the best movie? What's your favorite film? Shawshank Redemption. It's a kind of a basic
2: answer. It used to be like the number one. I don't think it still is on IMDB. I think it is. No, I think is it it is still it's still on IMDB. It's it's so good. Every time I see it, I want to watch it. Like you know. I'm not a big repeat movie guy. I, I'm usually one and done. I just don't need to revisit because there's so many new things, especially yeah. now. Like I don't have time to rewatch a movie, but Shawshank, if it's on, I'll make the exception. And I'll rewatch it. It's just it's really inspirational, uplifting. Acting yeah. is great. So many great actors. It's 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 it's, it's a winner all the way around.
1: And similar to movies, what's the best show?
2: <sighs> I mean, here's a really basic answer. I would say The Office um you know it's cuz it's just so timeless but that's kind of it's so basic that i feel bad for saying it and i feel like i have to come up with something else um uh i'm not going to go all time but recently i have to say like stranger things season 4 it's good yes yeah. it's, it's it's excellent and like so that came out the same day or like within a day whatever as kenobi you know on disney plus and I started watching Stranger Things, and then I checked out Kenobi because there's a lot of hype about it. And I like Star Wars. I'm not like necessarily yeah. the biggest Star Wars guy, but I like it. I'll check out all the stuff. And I was like, Kenobi. I know it's a different thing, but Kenobi can't handle a candle to hold a candle to uh, Stranger Things. Season four was excellent. I mean, it's not over, but the part that they've released so far is just it's top notch.
1: Yeah, yeah. And the uh, fish here, who is my wife, is uh, is agreeing with you to the office is great. <laughs> um, nice. Yeah, we were actually just watching The Office before I got on here. We were watching the, uh, the, the Search where they're looking for Michael Scott's replacement, which is a, a fun couple of episodes. Um, anyways, uh, yeah, no, I agree. The season four of Stranger Things, I think might be the best uh, season so far too, because just the intrigue of uh, the investigation, I don't want to spoil anything, but just like the kind of the investigation how everything kind of like, it's like perfectly paced and everything. So I agree, although I will say uh, in my opinion, it is not the best show on TV right now. Wow! For me, it is Better Call Saul season six is lights out good. Okay, are, do, are you a fan of Breaking Bad? Better Call Saul? Uh, yeah,
2: I watched Breaking Bad. I watched like the beginning of Better Call Saul, but then I kind of just you know fell off of it. It's and yeah, I I have to go back because I've heard really good things.
1: Yeah, because uh, people I think when they went into Better Call Saul, they expected Breaking Bad, the fast-paced adrenaline type of stuff, but the beauty of it is the slow burn and the slow evolution of uh, Jimmy McGill, who is Saul Goodman and how he turns into Saul Goodman through a bunch of insane, like realistic, but very interesting events. It's definitely a show that you have to like really pay attention to the dialogue and the nuances of the storyline. It's so well done and season six is uh, sort of like stranger things. Season four uh, is really taken up to the next level. It's exceptional. Um, So, you know, as the good, bad, and the ugly is on my short list, Better Call Saul should be on your short list, but like you said, there's so many shows out there to watch, it's hard to keep track of all of them.
2: Somehow RJ is like watching every show and then like asking me and like, he's he's doing like every pop culture thing. I'm like, where
1: are you getting this time? You you know, I wonder the same thing because he does talk about all these movies and films that he's watching. It's like, man, he is a man who lives like, has 48 hours in a day. He's got, he can do it all. It's
2: pretty (laughs) impressive. He's like a content machine in terms of both consuming and and, uh, producing.
1: So last question is if, uh, now that you're a whiskey enthusiast, um, <laughs> if you were going to share a, 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 a dram of whiskey or a nice meal, say with four famous people Ooh. that are alive, alive, are you picking?
2: Um, that's a good one. So I probably wouldn't pick like any Eagles players, um, which is kind of, I don't know. It's just like, you know, I get to, it's, it's weird. You know, I get to interact with them. So not yeah. gonna, like, like I'm above that. It's just, I don't know. It's just not like the most interesting thing to me. Um, I'd say Malcolm Jenkins, actually a former former Eagles player. Yeah, yeah. Love Malcolm. Think he's great. Think it would be awesome to talk to him, especially just off the record, you know, because, you know, uh having been in the media and you know, just that natural barrier just to, as a friend as we're drinking whiskey and maybe oh, yeah. talk, talking about, you know, chopping and chopping and, uh talking about like some stuff that went on behind the scenes yeah. with the Eagles in recent years. I think that would be good. Um Maybe, hmm. Uh, I was going to say Howie, but actually, no, I'm not going to say it. Um, he wouldn't agree to come anyway. I'm yeah, too critical no. of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh, I want to say, like, a musician of some sort, definitely, because I, I, I really like music. Um, I can't play or anything but I like to like, I like knowing like the stories and stuff and like just like background information that really, and like and how certain songs are created, both in terms of production. What, what's
1: your genre on music?
2: Like what do you prefer? It's a good question. Like I would say like alternative, it kind of, it's, it's broad. Like there's some post hardcore in there. There's some like pop punk in there. Like, you know, like rock adjacent, alternative rock. Like it's all that kind of. Do you band. have like a
1: favorite band? Like you your go 2
2: Like I would say Blink-182, but like, that's kind, kind of like, you know, that's also, like, my favorite band in high school when things have kind of, you know, shifted as your yeah, interests do yeah, you yeah, throughout yeah. life. Like, Coheating Cambria is a big one. That's, like, on my Twitter background. I got to meet those guys. That was really cool. Um, Circuit Survive is up there. Um, so, yeah, like, i probably probably um, not one of those guys. I met them before. <laughs> but but uh, let's just say, let's say, um, man, it's tough. I'm not really good at this. Uh, let's say a musician will hold that as a placeholder. Right. And then we'll do... Um, probably like, hmm, it could be interesting to talk to like a politician of some sort. Like that's a, that's a basic answer, but why not? We'll talk to yeah. Joe Biden. We'll throw him in there. Yeah, absolutely, it's The president, why not? Like I could, you of could course. ask the president so many things. Yeah. And um, it could be,
1: it could be a dead president too. You know, you want to throw in Abraham Lincoln, you know, somebody of historical stature, you know, that, that can also be an option for your political.
2: Also an option. Right. Um, and then we'll go with, um, uh wait you, wait are they they have to be alive or no they can
1: be dead or alive so okay dead or alive you, you want okay, to go wow. ben Franklin with your philadelphia background i mean
2: man that would be good um i'd say my grandfather because um he passed away when i was like 13 and i always right. wondered what it'd be like to like know him as an adult so yeah, I'd, I'd put yeah. him in there uh sentimentally sentimental answer but definitely him in there so I think that's four. I didn't really say which musician yet. I will, I will maybe get back to you. I, can't, I feel like I have to pick the right one, and I can't think of which one I, I want at the moment. Maybe, you know, I'll, I'll say Tom DeLong. He's from Blink-182. Okay. I've never yeah. met him. I met Mark Hoppus, the bass player. He's an Eagles fan. He's a yeah. Rams fan, too, but we won't talk about that. He's <laughs> from L.A. Can, you know, what can he do? Yeah. But he likes the Eagles. So, so there's my answer for you.
1: Hey, he's, is he the one who's no longer part of the band?
2: Um, yes. One. Yeah, he uh, kind of does his own thing. He's an Angels and Airwaves. And he was the one who basically got the Navy to confirm like his UFO video that like that indeed was something that was like, the term isn't UFO, it's something new. But like, he basically got the Navy to confirm like, yes, this is an unidentified aircraft of some sort, which is yeah. pretty cool.
1: Yeah, no, it's really cool. But Brandon, I want to thank you again for taking the time to join me. If you enjoyed this, if you ever want to do it again, you know, you know, feel free to reach out to me. Uh, I plan on doing this again with RJ at some point over the summer. So uh, if you, maybe we'll get both of you guys in. Yes. uh, You know, the three of us, maybe we'll get stats on too. We'll see, you know, if you guys can reconcile your differences, (laughs) uh, you can can let me know if uh, if that happens. But uh, again, thank you for joining me. Um, and if, if anybody who's still watching wants to find you, where 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 are you uh, where can they find
2: you? Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, check out my work at bleedinggreennation.com. com. At here on Instagram is like at bleeding green insta. I'm on Instagram at Brandon Geltin. Obviously, you see my thing here on Twitter yep. as well at Brandon Geltin at BGN underscore radio for the podcast Twitter account. Um, bleeding Green Nation podcast is you know where you find the podcast where. I'm on there weekly, twice a week usually with the uh, B-generated episode, and then the NFC mixtape I do it with RJ also yep. regularly during the NFL season and most of the off season on the SB Nation NFL show, um, and yeah, that's, yeah, that's no,
1: yeah, and I'll, I'll edit down our conversation here and post it on uh, podcast format and YouTube format in case anybody wants to re-listen to a shortened version of this. So, uh, you know, and but this was fun. Uh, thanks again, and we'll definitely do this again uh, sometime in the future, future.
2: Awesome. Thank you, Tim. Appreciate yes.
1: it. Take care.